What's happening, guys? Whoop, gotta put that on. Gotta do this right here. Oh, that's right. Still got the stream yard going right now. Ah, background turn. Okay, there we go. All right, stupid stream yard. I don't know. Ah, whatever. Yeah, stream yard. Still using that. Still can't figure out what's going on with uh, the Streamlabs OBS software. Still acting. I was trying to work on it today, tried different things. Still shitty. That's what happened. Still crappy. I should say crappy, right? You're not supposed to cuss in like the first like minute of a YouTube video or a stream, right? Is that what the whole thing is? To capture the algorithm. Anyways, what's happening, guys? Welcome to Film Junkie Live on your, what is it, August 28th. That's right. Still in August, still hot as hell. Holy crap. Yeah, it's pretty damn hot out there. Hopefully you guys are doing good. Make sure you smash that like, thumbs up, subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell also. And uh, yeah, become a member because I do a members only stream after at every Wednesday. And then I'm thinking about, you know, I like last time, I'm like, hey, I'll incorporate members in the Patreon stream. So if you guys want to come on and actually have a conversation, we'll be doing that soon, of course. So Subscribe to that. And of course, we've got the Patreon as well if you want to do that. I'm trying to figure out how to put some more exclusive uh, content over there on Patreon. Right now, I just stuff I hear, I throw it on there. And of course, I do, um, I do, uh, you know, like a little podcast by myself on there too. So if you want to check those out where I get a little bit more edgier, I guess you could say. But, anyways, guys, how are we doing out there? We got Super Gorillas Vlogs. Now, everybody loves Batman, but I do. Exactly. Word up. I mean, it's kind of obvious if you think about it. If you look at me, uh, all right, we got Eric right here. He kind of has a point about Jack Nicholson's Joker. I mean, I like his Joker, but still, there you go. Uh, we got Pattinson's version is awesome. There we go. And uh, good to see you, Ryan. Good to see you, Eric. Uh, we got Miss Nighthawk right here. Hi, stuff. Good to see you. And if my voice is a little, uh, you know, raw, you know, me, me and her were, uh, we're at a little Metallica concert last night. So my voice is a little, uh, you know, the throat was has been a little raw today. That's for damn sure. A little raw today. So that's going on, Niner for Life. Good to see you. All right. We got the warrior right here. The new Batman of the DCU. Be more cheerful. The new... Uh, okay. uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, there's always that possibility. And there we go, Miss Stephanie T. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But good to see you. We got Droger right here. Good to see you. We got Jose. Weird teeth are one thing, but just... <laughs> that's where you draw the line. But I know you're being facetious, but my God, people are actually seriously saying this. Uh, Parker M., what's going on? Good to see you. We got Phil right here. Always great to see you, buddy. Um, yes, no lead music. I'm not using my normal software. Did you not understand that? Uh, we got Mr. Uh, Casali right here. Good to see you. All right. We got Mr. Vega as well. What's up, Mr. Vega? Good to see you. We got Daniel Martin right there. What's good? Well, you know, just talking controversy. Controversy. Again, I'm not using my software, guys. Come on. Come on. I'm not using the same software that I had before. I know. I miss it, too. But I just it's just not working. It doesn't work with StreamYard. StreamYard's all web-based as opposed to the OBS 
software that's on my computer that I used to use. So what's going on, Lane? Another <clears throat> past fuck up. <clears throat> How many past fuck ups do you have, Lane? I wonder. Anyways, um, <laughs> hope you. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, and yeah. Talking about a Batman. It's not really a fuck up. Um, Xfire, what's going on? How you doing? I looked into it and it seems like the account is legit. His personal versus brand. Okay. Yeah, the images on there aren't posted anywhere on else on the internet. All right. Like I said, we'll talk about all that. So we got Slasher right here. Uh, James James, what's going on? Let's see. Hot as shit. Yes, I know. It's still hot up here, so... Who else we got? Who else we got? Twinsy. Okay, you guys saying hi to each other. More people. Oh, we got a hoy hoy, Mr. Cortez. Good to see you. All right. All right. So that's pretty much it right there. Okay. Just saying hi to everybody. All right, guys. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about uh, a lot of things. Hopefully, you guys had a good weekend. Again, smash that like, thumbs up, so do all that. I got a little kombucha going right here because, well, I figured I'd do this because we lost we lost people this past weekend, so I thought I'd do like a little cheersies. Uh, we lost Bob Barker, of course, icon, game show host icon. Bob Barker, we lost him at the age of 99, so not too, you know, he lived a full life, which I always, I think like when, when anytime a celebrity reaches that you know i mean you always want them to reach 100 like betty white almost reached 100 she didn't quite get there bob barker almost at 100 didn't quite reach it you always want to see them do that but he lived a full life and uh i mean he was anybody who you know grew up like when you were a kid during you know i mean obviously he did prices right for so long but you stayed home sick you watched the prices right summer vacation you got up 10 a.m Price is freaking right. You watched it. I watched it all the time. Bob Barker was great. And of course, you know, Happy Gilmore, kicking Happy Gilmore's ass. We love all that. But uh, yeah, cheers to Bob Barker. And then, of course, we have Arlene Sorkin. Arlene Sorkin also died over the weekend uh, at 64. I believe it was 64. So a little younger, and that's that 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 means uh that that that's a little bit that's that's more sad because it's like oh wow something you know, and uh, if you don't know who she is, of course she is the original voice of Harley Quinn. She's the one that started it all when it came to Batman the animated series. Obviously, Batman the animated series created the Harley Quinn character, and she was the voice of Harley Quinn from the uh, from the get go. Uh, of course, like Tara Strong, like took over and whatever. Um, and there's been other, of course, voices, but uh, but yeah, she was the original. So uh, yeah, she passed away. So cheers to her, a total voice icon right there. Cheers to her. Cheers to her. So hopefully, you guys, uh, you know, raise one up for them too. Oh yeah, and then also, uh, I mean, I, I I know you guys know who this is, but Mikey Sutton also passed away this uh over the weekend and uh that was like whoa saw that i mean i wasn't really on twitter that much this weekend but i saw that and uh you know obviously uh me and him didn't see eye to eye uh, i don't i didn't never met the guy never talked to the guy but uh i know we didn't see eye to eye on things obviously you guys know that but uh and i'm certain that he has said things about me and other you know friends of mine on a certain stream but you know but besides the point you don't wish that upon anybody and Sad. That is pretty sad that, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly what was the cause of all that, but, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, I have condolences to his friends and family too. So cheers. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, 
So I wanted to do that, and I figured I had some kombucha, so let's raise a couple for um, for uh, people that passed away over the weekend. So, all right, guys, let's get to the tweets. Oh, let me see. Well, ah, see, I knew my Twitter was going to do that. Stroke, it was a stroke, okay. Okay, I didn't know, like, the full details. I didn't know the full details, so. Didn't really know that. That Brandon. Oh, yeah, Brandon Davis. Hey, what's up, Brandon? There you go. Didn't even see you. I was like, wait, Brandon Davis is in here? What's up, buddy? Need to get you back on the vodka stream. But then I sometimes when I see that, I'm like, is that really the person? Because some people make fake stuff like that. But anyways, but if it's really you, hey, man, get you back on the vodka stream. We had a good time the last time you were on, which was a couple years ago, like two years ago. Come back on. Let's have a chat. And thank you for saying nice shirt. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. But uh, what am I looking for here? Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about the before we get into it. I was going to talk about the uh, Metallica concert. Metallica concert. So I was going to show you guys this first is, yes, I did see Metallica yesterday. I told you guys I won tickets. Uh, there's a LA station, KLOS 95.5. I ended up winning tickets. For some reason, I just have big time luck of winning Metallica tickets. Uh, uh, like I, I just have, you know, Metallica. I, I, for some reason, I just have luck with it. It's the third time I've won Metallica tickets. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy that it's happened. I mean, the other two was at more of a local station, but to have to actually win tickets at KLOS, pretty crazy. Pretty damn crazy. So, anyways. Okay. Okay. So it is. <laughs> yeah, it is actually Brandon. Okay. So good. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll hit you up. Let's, uh, let's do it. Yeah. It was really fun talking to you and getting the panel on. So we'll, we'll work that out. I'll hit you up message or you can message me or whatever, you know, and we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. We'd love to have a conversation with you with all the crazy stuff that's happened. But anyway, so, um, I was going to, like I said, you could hear it in my voice. My voice feels is like a little bit deeper than it usually is. So, and uh, so, yeah, we were at the uh, Metallica concert yesterday. So let's see, actually, let me do it. Like, let me do it. I don't know. This whole thing is weird. I, that's why I hate using, you know, I'm so used to stream or my other thing. So StreamYard just trying to get used to when it comes to sharing things. So, all right. So do that. And then let's make it like that. There we go. All right. So, Obviously, I mean, that's what the stage looked like when we first got there. This is SoFi Stadium, of course, the new SoFi Stadium in L.A. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then, of course, we got a couple of dorks right here. Yes, that's right. There's uh, me and Miss Nighthawk right there. We're happy. We're giddy. We're like, oh, boy, what's that? what are we in store for? And then, of course, you know, I had a, posted a couple of videos, too. You know, they always like to... Uh, did I, uh, is that, let's see, I think I did, um, anyways, um, so, of course, you know, posted a couple, I didn't, I'm not one of, I don't want to be one of those people at concerts, and just be, like, holding up my phone the whole time, so I'd, you know, take a quick video, and that's it, of course, this is the whole start right here. Obviously, starting with the ecstasy of gold, oh, just so cool, so cool, 
And, you know, and then, of course, you know, they're playing some gems right here. They played Fight Fire with Fire, which is a deep pull when it comes to it. Any Metallica fan knows that that's a deep pull. That is the first song on the Ride the Lightning album. The first song. And you, you hardly ever hear them play it, but they played Fight Fire with Fire. So it's, it's cool stuff, obviously. It's a really fast song. And they also played Ride the Lightning, too, which is obviously the title track of it. And, of course, they played one. Just pretty sweet stuff. Love it. Absolutely love it. So that's what that my weekend was all about. No Master of Puppets. They did that. Yeah. So when it when it came to the concert, it was mainly like, okay, they, they were doing uh they were doing both um they were doing both nights and different set lists. So there were certain things that when when I heard the set list on what that happened on Friday, which I I went in fresh. I didn't want to hear about the set list on Friday because I wanted to be surprised, and I was pretty surprised when it came to certain things. But we uh, we looked up the set list when we were uh, in traffic trying to get out. So and uh, yeah, it was basically like ah, oh, there were some things on there. I was like, damn it, I wish I would have heard that. So uh, Jose. Considering I sound like, <laughs> yeah, we both, we both sound like men today for sure. But anyways, all right, let's get started with the tweets, the tweets, Disney, Disney VFX workers are voting to unionize over 80% of Disney's in-house VFX members have officially signaled their desire to unionize. That's right. So we've heard about this before and apparently now it's happened. 80% of, uh, you know, that's good. So we're going to probably be hearing more about this, which, you know, when it comes to uh, when it comes to this and all the things that we be we keep hearing about it. I mean, there was somebody that came out and, and even talked about like when it came to Marvel and WandaVision, they were working like basically ridiculous hours. So this is just it's going to happen. It looks like it's actually going to happen. And then, of course, this will probably be like a domino effect where other. VFX houses will start doing it too. So, I mean, just expect that to happen for sure. But we had that. So, yeah. Corin Sweat, David Corin Sweat, what is he doing right now? Well, he's doing something, filming something behind the camera and something. Of course, our new Superman, Superman Legacy, which, you know, of course, is still a topic of controversy conversation what is he gonna look like what's the suit gonna look like is he you know what's he gonna is he bulking up right now is he eating like whole chickens and cows and horses or at least the asses of horses i don't know just consuming protein consuming and probably you know hitting up Dwayne the rock johnson and be like hey what the hell do you take now i don't know if he's doing that but apparently he was spotted and i'm just sitting there going like i think you guys are just looking at his ass huh I mean, it's quite an outfit. Got some chucks on with some high socks, some shorts, and wearing a uh, Ronin San Diego shirt, which I'm not too sure what that is. But uh, apparently that's him <laughs> with the rock and the beard. And then, of course, I mean, there's kind of a blurry shot. I mean, let's face it. He just he looks like Cavill at the beginning of Man of Steel, right? <laughs> he kind of looks like he looks like that. He does kind of he does look like that. So, I mean, I, I can't even really tell if that's him. It's kind of, it's grainy and stuff. And then another shot of him just, and then everybody's like, he's bulking up, he's bulking up. Meanwhile, I'm looking going, is he a bike rider? Because those legs are fucking shaved. That's what it looks like. I was like, whoa, smooth legs there. Maybe he rides bikes. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm just saying smooth. Those are some nair legs right there. Some nair legs. 
So I just saw that and I was like, okay, cool. But yeah, so if you're wondering what David Kortzwet's doing and what he's kind of looking like, if you want to judge by his shoulders and back, uh, there you go. <laughs> I know. Is that really him? That's the thing. It's like, who knows? But it was being passed around. And it just, that's what I love about like anytime, like when something like this happens, we're always like on the lookout for like, what, what does everybody look like right now? I remember that was, that was the thing when it came to Ben Affleck, like how much is he bulking up for Batman? What does he look like? You know, anytime these uh, actors get like a superhero role, we're always like curious. We're always curious of uh, like how they're looking like when it comes to like their bodies, because obviously, you know, they're going to get in superhero shape. So there's corn sweat right there. And there's Miss Gal Gadot. What is going on here? What? Behind the scenes featurette. I don't even know if I should be showing this, but look at that. There's her talk, and I'm not gonna even play the audio though. I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna play the audio because I don't know if I should be even showing. But the thing is, you know what's kind of cool about this is the fact that she was actually on set with Ezra and Ben. Look at Ben right there. Look at Ben right there with the eye makeup. I mean, obviously. Uh, again, the way that they shot this scene, and I'm not really too fond of this scene. It's not it's not the greatest. They use the uh, the lasso joke, which doesn't really work. You know, I was hoping for something a little bit more, you know, when, especially when Ben Affleck was explaining this scene on the bridge. I mean, I, I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. The scene doesn't bother me. And I know some people really love the scene, but uh, I just wish there was like more. I was hoping like when when Ben was explaining this scene on that podcast and saying that, you know, he figured out who, you know, there was a scene between him uh bruce you know batman and, and and wonder woman that that he felt that was like a pretty great like interact and so I, it, it sounded like he was more deep than it actually was because th then it just sounds like it was just more of a joke than anything it was just jokes 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 at least when it came to the lasso of truth around his wrist so he starts telling the truth it, you know and i could see why people would laugh at it totally 100 now you know to me i'm like eh, you know it just gives me justice vibes because they did you use that joke in justice league with Aquaman, we all remember that. So that's where it just kind of leaves like a bad taste in my mouth when it, when it comes to that. But, you know, everything prior to it, and even when she saves his ass, I like. But the interaction, eh, you know, it was kind of just like, eh, for me. So, but, uh, but it was kind of interesting because a lot of us were kind of wondering, like, was she actually there with them? Or did they just do that whole thing like they did in Shazam where she wasn't actually there? And she just filmed her shots in front of a green screen and then they put her in there. But if you watch this featurette, I mean, she does look like she had a good time. She does look like she had a good time on the set and everything like that. So that's all that matters. And, uh, you know, that side shot of Batfleck right there actually looks pretty good. It's just the, it's just the way that the lens was looking in the flash. And when he was like standing there like that, it's just that that chess piece was looking so awkward. So freaking awkward, but yeah, now what can you do? Let's see. Ah, what else we got here? All right. So we also got this too. I don't know if you guys saw this that happened over the weekend, but uh, Mr. Uh, Anjo Manuel Soto, director of Blue Beetle, was like, hey, guess what? There was an Easter egg that you might have missed. And I did, in fact, miss it because I didn't even really think about it. I think I might have thought about it, but I went, no, there's no way. That's not it. That's not what I think it is. That's something else. 
isn't it? It's not that. They wouldn't do that. What would that be? But obviously, when it comes to the opening credits of Blue Beetle, which I really like that opening sequence with the titles and the way it looks and the music, it's a great opening for uh, for Blue Beetle. But when you see the scarab flying through space, you actually see something green hit it. And turns out, guess what? That was a Green Lantern. Who was it? Who knows? I mean, maybe it was this guy. Who knows? Could be. But uh, what the hell is that ad? That's weird. Uh, but yeah, here's a little shot of it right there. So you can actually see right there, boop, of something hitting it. So which Green Lantern is it? Guy Gardner, since he's going to be in Superman Legacy? Could be. Could be. But uh, yeah, so he confirmed that, yes, there in fact is a Green Lantern presence. A little Easter egg in there that uh, a lot of people are like, what? 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 Crazy. Anyway, so there you go. If you guys were wondering, there was already like an expansion that was happening with an expansion that was happening with Blue Beetle right there. So, all right. And then we got the WGA stuff right here. I know there was a lot of things that were coming out over the weekend when it comes to SAG-AFTRA and the strikes. It's all just still a freaking mess. But according to Deadline right here, uh releasing their new article that came out but i'll just you know obviously just give you the twitter version right here the little brief thing right here it says right here negotiating committee said sunday it remains ready at a moment's notice to go back to the bargaining table to secure a righteous deal and end the sag after strike which is now in its 46th day unfortunately as we've seen from recent news out of wga negotiations it appears that amptp is still unwilling to make the concessions necessary to make a fair deal that would bring the strikes to a close. So it's still happening. Everything's still going on. Um, and there was like even more stuff that even came about too. Like we have right here, the AMPTP apparently, according to the Hollywood Reporter, has hired a new crisis PR firm to try to save their image as more people continue to realize the importance of actors and writers receiving fair deals. Now, obviously, if you read the article, there's, it doesn't exactly say it like that, but it is kind of framed like that. If you're hiring a PR crisis team or a firm, because you're like, oh, wow, we're looking bad. We're looking really bad right now. And they are. I mean, they are. Let's face it. When, when the internet can be a, a crazy beast. Now, Obviously, we're all very reactionary when it comes to the Internet and, uh, you know, which is obviously what's going to be one of the main topics tonight, being reactionary to what we see. But it's just the fact that we know how much the CEOs make. and We know there's like a lot of numbers that get thrown out there. And we know what's going on. And we're just like, hey, can you just you just gotta? why can't we just pay your people, pay your people, pay, me the, pay these actors? Yes, they're important because. You don't have anything. You don't get that money that you get unless these people do their jobs. And if you're not paying them correctly, I mean, my God, then then freaking do it. But I mean, who knows when all this stuff is going to be just uh, I mean, I, I I keep on hearing stuff about October when it comes to at least SAG after who knows when it comes to the WGA. But my God, man, it just it just seems like it's just so much stuff and the uh, logistics of it all. It's like, God, just. Can we just finally get to that point? I don't know. Who knows? But hey, we got Miss Amy Adams right here, which if you know, you know. If you know, you know. And I love this. I love this shot right here because it was like, oh, she wrote human like that. 
on her sign. And if you know, you know, the, you know, of course, Arrival, which uh, is a fantastic movie. If you haven't watched it yet, do yourself a favor and watch it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So she wrote that on there because, uh, you know, when she's trying to talk to the aliens that show up, she does write it on the board, a human. So just freaking awesome right there. I love that she did that. That's so cool right there. That's so cool. You got to love Amy. You really got to love Amy for doing that. So, and then speaking of, you know, obviously when it comes to the strikes and everything that's happening, <laughs> why? Yeah. 3 15 24, guys. That's right. Dune part two, no longer coming out this year. It has now been pushed to next year. March 15th. Uh, so, yeah, sad, sad, sad that this happened. But at the same time, and we talked about this on the Vodka stream, we talked about how, well, you know, obviously when it comes to when it comes to a studio pushing a movie like this to next year because of all that's happening shows that they really love this movie and they really appreciate this movie and they know this movie is, uh, you know, basically, okay, we have to make sure this movie gathers an audience. We want to expand this world. Uh, Denai is doing a fantastic job with Dune. And he even said, too, that uh, he wants to do, of course, the trilogy. There's already been ideas that are happening when it comes to uh, um, the third Dune movie, Messiah. So that's that's great that he's already thinking about that. And you, of course, you're supposed to be a spinoff series and everything. So, but yeah, it was sad to hear that. It was very sad to hear that. But guess what didn't get pushed? Aquaman 2. <laughs> That's right. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom still keeping its spot. Because if they move it again, they have to spend more money on it. And they can't throw more money at Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, there was another thing that got really, you know, when it came to talking about dune getting pushed well aquaman 2 and staying where where it is in december so and we still have yet to get anything we just have the behind the scenes featurette that we got like a year and a half ago i don't even know if it was a year and a half ago a year ago i don't know we've that's all we have you know there's been some little teaser posters out there at like conventions and whatever but that's all we've gotten that's it that's it that's all we got so it's like ah what is going on with that movie? But hey, guess what, guys? Guess what? <gasps> what was spot in the wild? We got toys. We got toys. Da, da, da. We got toys. We got Black Manta and Arthur right there. Arthur right there. I don't know. He's a little uh he's a little bowling or pigeon toad, or whatever you want to call that. Anyways, uh, so we got toys, <laughs> but we don't have a clip, we don't have anything else. It's like, what is going on here? Huh? What exactly is going on? It's freaking Aquaman. I mean, oh, man. I tell you. I tell you. Come on. Do that. There we go. But yeah, Aquaman 2. I mean, it stays in a spot because they just, they, they, they just can't throw more money at it. They can't. And the fact that we haven't seen anything more and what we're, yeah, we're at the end of August. And it's going to be coming out in December. I mean, I'm sure we're going to be getting some kind of teaser or something soon. And they better do something. But I mean, it's just it's just a it's a with the other three movies not doing well. 
when it comes to the DCU or the end of the DCU or whatever the hell they were trying to do with the, this universe when the old regime was there. I mean, let's, let's face it. We just need, let, just give us something, give us something. If you want to try to give one last, oomph, but at the same time, it's like Warner brothers just doesn't have the money to really do that. And I'm just kind of wondering when exactly are we going to get some of that marketing? And I'm like, I don't know, a week before two weeks, we're going to get a teaser trailer, like in November, like happy Thanksgiving. I know you're eating Turkey, but here's a bunch of fish. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but good old Aquaman, Aquaman too. It just, I don't, it just doesn't stand a chance. It really does not. All right, looking at my notes. Yeah, I think we're good. Got everything that I wanted to talk about when it comes to the tweets. Oh, boy. Let's talk about the main topic. <laughs> Let me take a little, you know, drink right here. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah. <laughs> they probably will. Somebody's going to blame Amber Heard or at least blame the whole trial thing. I don't know if they'll actually blame Amber Heard. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people that will, like Andy Signor. Um, that guy will. He'll blame. He'll blame it on, on Amber Heard for sure. But uh, no, like when it comes to yeah, even like uh, yeah, when it comes to Aquaman, I think though the fans will definitely do that. I don't think like Warner Brothers would actually do that, but they would probably would blame the trial at least for, you know, some of that. So, what's going on, Mister Everett? It's good to see you, buddy. <sighs> Anyways. All right, James Gunn, baby. Oh, God. He hates Batman, apparently. So if you guys are wondering what happened today, or at least over the weekend, I think this was actually yesterday, but there were somebody uh, dug up some old um, posts from James Gunn talking about uh, certain things. This is like about 11, 12 years ago. Facebook posts. These aren't tweets. These are Facebook posts or not posts. I mean, I think some of these are almost look like direct messages, it seems like. But uh, I think maybe he's just responding to certain messages. Um, but I was like, man, if they were direct messages or, you know, that's like private shit. Shouldn't even say that. So, but anyways, James Gunn talking about, uh, I guess, uh, when it comes to previous Batman iterations, specifically Batman 89 and Batman Begins. Apparently, not too much of fun. And then, like I said at the beginning, if you are, you know, it's just like one of those things because I was kind of going back and forth, like, are they real? Are they not? It was kind of just like going back and forth because obviously there was like that whole thing of like, well, he, if you go to James Gunn's page, if you search James Gunn on Facebook, there is a check mark by his name. But then it's like, no, no, he's got two. He's got two. He's also got a personal one too that doesn't have the check mark. So he's got the one that's for like promoting things and whatever the hell. That has the check mark. The other one doesn't. So it was like one of those. So I was like, I was when I was like investigating this whole thing, I was just going, okay, which one is it true? Is it not? And then I even thought too, I was like, man, if 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 someone faked faked the screenshots, I'm like, really? You really have that much time on your hands to fake screenshots, and you're gonna go after, and you're gonna try to throw them under the bus for throwing shade at Batman '89 and Batman Begins? Okay. And if it was real, you really went back and dug um, into 12 years of Facebook posts? You had that much time. You hate James Gunn that much. Again, there's a weird obsession that happens when it comes to James Gunn when they're trying to find more things. And it's kind of funny, too, because I know like some people are just being facetious when they say it. And they're like, yeah, he crossed the line by 
talking about the goat, Mr. Michael Keaton, but there are some people that are that that are feeling that way. And I'm like, really? That's more than you're, you're you see more upset than the pedo jokes. I mean, come on, let's you might want to look inward. I'm just saying if but anyway, so um it's just like it's just crazy like how much like I'm like, okay, so 12 years ago, and we're gonna pull up the uh the screenshot right now. Let me see. Let me find that screenshot right here. Okay, so we're gonna pull up the screenshot right here that has like the the different things. The the and we're we're gonna read them off right here to see to see uh, what everybody was like getting all upset about right here. Okay, so first off, I'm gonna do that. Okay, so right here, James Gunn says the Tim Burton Batman is poorly written. The soundtrack is the worst work of everyone involved, and it is absolutely one of the most boring films ever. Not only that, but the reveal of the Joker as the killer of Bruce Wayne's parents spits in the face of Batman's origin, and it is a nullification of the bottomless thirst of vent for vengeance that, necessar that necessarily drives Batman. It pretends not to be campy, but is, but is, but it is completely so. But it is completely so. And on top of everything, the dark creature of the night can't even move his fucking neck. Give me a fucking break! It's a ridiculous, awful film. Burton's Planet of the Apes is a genius. Is genius in comparison. <laughs> he compared it to Planet of the Apes. The Mark Wahlberg. How the apes get like this? How the apes get like this? Yeah, that was, whew, that was, yeah, it was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Thank God for the reboots, right? The reboot trilogy was a chef's kiss. And uh, cinema, pure cinema, mainly, you know, yeah. Anyway, so that was the first thing that he said. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, how dare he said that. Now, a couple of things. Now, I, obviously, when it comes to uh, my my take on Keaton's Batman, I'm a, I'm a fan. So I totally would disagree with him right here. 100%. But at the same time, this is someone's opinion. This is an opinion. I'm not going to get all huffy-puffy about an opinion. This is his opinion. 12 years ago. I'm kind of curious what he, what he would say now. What would he say now about 89 Burton? Would he say the same thing? Would he say like, oh, yeah, I still feel the same way? Would he actually do that? You know, this is before, what, even Guardians of the Galaxy came out? This is before James Gunn, you know, this is when James Gunn was, you know, I don't know if he was popping pills or doing something, drinking. I know he's been very open about doing all that. So there's always that whole thing. But, uh, you know, at, at my, but the, but the way I looked at it, I'm like, okay, that was his opinion. All right. I disagree with some of this stuff. I mean, it is kind of funny. He talks about the not moving. He can't move his neck. He can't move his neck. I mean, that's actually true. And then some people are not happy about the whole fact that the Joker killed the Wayne family. I mean, obviously we, you know, you're a diehard Batman fan. You want to see, you want to hear about Joe chill. You want to hear about that. You want that. And as much as I love the Burton one, I could, I could pull it apart as being a Batman fan myself. Yeah, I could totally pull it apart. But at the same time, I appreciate it because what Burton did right there was absolutely fantastic. And just imagine being back in that day and hearing that Michael fucking Keaton, Mr. Mom, comedian, Michael Keaton, it was going to be Batman. And I, I talk to people that don't even like his ver his version of Batman. I don't get all I don't get all upset. Like, oh my God, how dare you say that? No, no, no. Do not do that. A bottomless thirst for vengeance and campy 
I mean, it's got some campiness to it. And then uh, right here, he was responding to somebody. He said, Keaton did have a ridiculous voice. That said, I'd rather put up with a ridiculous voice than with horrible action sequences and acting barely worthy of the Batman TV show. Yikes. I have no idea how you can uh, think that the Burton Batman has more similarities with Moore or Miller's Batman and Joker than Nolan does. And listen, I have problems with both Nolan films. I don't think either one is classic. I don't even really think Batman Begins is good. Ah! But they're far superior to the first Batman. Ah, that's right. He also went after, he went after Christopher Nolan. That is forbidden, guys. That is forbidden. You don't go after Christopher Nolan. No. You don't do that. But so it's funny because not only did he piss off the fans of, you know, Keaton Burton, he also pissed off the Bale and Nolan people too, apparently at one point. He did that too. And he was just like throwing it out there, not giving a shit. I actually kind of respect the fact that he was throwing it out there, not giving a shit. None of your defenses get, um, let's see, none of your defenses get by the fact that despite being the first cinematic dark take on Batman, so what? Stallone's Judge Dredd was the first dark take on Judge Dredd. The movie is awful. So he compared it to, I am the law. I am the law. Yeah, that one. So, yeah, again, this is just Gunn doing what Gunn was doing back in the, what, the 2000s? Again, I would like kind of, uh, obviously, when he can actually start talking or even doing some things, and I'm wondering if he's actually going to come out and say anything about that, was uh, like, oh, I wonder if he's going to respond to this. And then finally, with this message right here, oh, yeah, and Jack Nicholson as the Joker, is Jack, Jack Nicholson in The Shining with shitty clown makeup Fuck you, everyone involved. Fuck you, everyone involved with that travesty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He was going for it. He was going for it. He was definitely going for it with that one. I mean, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I'm like, hell yeah, what are you talking about? Jack Nicholson's Joker? Hey, it's great. But at the same time, it's like they just, I mean, Burton let Jack Nicholson be Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson had top billing. Remember that. He did. It was Nicholson Keaton. He had top billing. So it was like, you're not going to, you're not going to do that. You're not going to let, you're not going to tell Jack Nicholson how to do Jack Nicholson, but he had like a great laugh and I don't think the makeup was shit. Uh, it wasn't shit. So I disagree with that one too. Um, but at the same time, I'm just kind of going like, all right, why is this even a thing? Why are we getting upset? Okay. I mean, it is kind of funny that he said all this 12 years ago and now he's running DC studios. It is kind of funny. It is kind of interesting. Um, but at the same time, I'm just kind of going like, I don't know. It was an opinion. It was opinion 12 years ago. And to me, I'm just like, it didn't bother me being a Batman fan. It didn't bother me. Like if I knew James Gunn then, and we were talking and he was saying all this, I would like have a debate with him and be like, no, no, fuck you. You're wrong. And this, that, and this fuck off and whatever the hell we'd, yeah, there'd be all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's like, who gives a shit? There's, again, it's opinions. It's just opinions. So it doesn't really, it, I don't know. I don't know why, why everything was getting so, ah, you know, why? Yeah. Like, yeah, the thing I could pick apart what I, I uh, disagree with, obviously, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of funny. It's just hilarious. And again, I'm like, why? Okay. So it's just, this is just going to be a thing. We're going to be digging into more stuff. Are we going to dig into like the very first Facebook post? I mean, that's the thing is like, let's face it. James Gunn is a dork. 
He's a dork. Okay. He's a dork. A lot of us are dorks. We're all dorks. I'm a fucking dork for God's sakes. And he was, he was trying to be edgy back in there, you know, in the two thousands when he was like coming up as a filmmaker, trying to be edgy and weird. Yes. And all was that. And then it seems like now it seems like, yeah, everything's good. I mean, he's made some, I, you know, big movies. Now he's a name. Now he's running the studios. He's married and it's all this, you know, who knows? He's still a dork, of course, but I just don't get like, is this supposed to like, are they, is now Warner Brothers going to be like, oh, we better fire this guy because how dare he say this about, you know, Bale and Keaton or Nolan and Burton. I mean, to me, it just doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like this is anything. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's what we call a nothing burger. It's a nothing burger, in my opinion. That's what I'm thinking. It's just, it's just a nothing burger. <sighs> if you already know, they are going to do, yeah, they're going to dig more stuff. Of course. Of course. So. Yeah, it's just it's cringy. It's definitely cringy, too. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what's funny about this as well. But I mean, I mean, I see tweets that go like James Gunn hates DC. It's like, no, I don't. he doesn't hate DC. You know, but it's kind of funny if you slap somebody else's name on this, another director's name on this. I mean, and then we could do the whole thing, too. It's like, well, if if what if this was Zack Snyder that said this? Obviously, there's some the the people who are like most mad about this wouldn't be mad about this because I remember when Keaton was cast in the Flash, and then of course there was all the news that he was going to be the DCU Batman. Holy shit! Was that just it was just it was madness. Everybody was like, fuck that old man. He was saying all this shit. Those movies suck and blah blah blah. Now those same people are like, How dare James Gunn say this about Michael Keaton? The hypocrisy, the hypocrisy. Always hypocrisy. It's like back and forth. It's like, what the fuck? It's all it's all crazy. He was disrespecting other filmmakers. That's that's the only thing I have a problem with. Yeah, that's that's happened before. Uh Quentin Tarantino's done it. Um, there's plenty, there's people that have done that, but yeah, it's not a good look. And I don't think he would do that now for sure. You know, he definitely wouldn't do that now. Being where he's at, he wouldn't do that now. He was a he, Back in the 2000s, this guy, like I said, he was, you know. <sighs> yes, I know. I know, Asire. I was not saying that Zach would do that. I was just saying, like, the what if kind of thing. Never mind. <laughs> I get it, you know. But again, it's like one of those things, too. If you hate James Gunn, you wanted it to be so true, and you're like, yes, and you spread it around. If you love James Gunn, you're like, nah, it's bullshit. This is not him. Somebody's, you know, it's not his account and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, shut up, shut up, whatever. But then this kind of just leads you to the whole thing of like, all right, well, let's see what he's going to make. Let's see what he's going to make. Obviously, he's going to be making Superman Legacy, and he's going to be the head of this whole universe that's going to have a Batman, too, by the way. Remember when he posted, uh, you know, the inspiration of the Joker, what, a couple of weeks ago? And we're kind of like, huh, is he going to go like that kind of look for the for his, for the Joker in his universe? All right, let's see what he's going to make. You know, this, this adds some more pressure onto him. I will say that, you know, because the pressure is fucking high. He's got he's got. A lot of pressure on him. Do I have full faith? Fuck no. I don't have faith. I don't. But I'm willing to just sit back and be like, all right, James Gunn, let's do this. I don't hate you. I don't love you. 
But I think uh, I think you have the talents enough to pull something off. And the fact that you came from the Marvel machine where Kevin Feige did trust you with script notes. And apparently when it came to the whole Infinity Stones, that was James Gunn that really helped out with that because uh, that became the central, you know, MacGuffin when it came to at least the, the Infinity Saga, of course. So he helped with that. So I'm like, all right, you know, and he's a big comic book nerd. So I'm just like, all right, well. We'll see, man. Let's do this. You know, disagree with things, but at the same time, I'm not going to get all huffy puffy about it because there's no real reason to. There's no real reason to, to be honest. There's no, there's no reason to. There's no reason to get sad. Why get sad? Why get sad? It's an opinion. Again, it's an opinion that he had 12 years ago. You ever had you ever changed an opinion on a movie or anything? I've done that. I've changed, flip-flopped. It happens. People are making it seem like he posted this yesterday. It's not yesterday. It's 12 fucking years ago. Or 11 years ago. Sorry. My bad. 11 years ago. I don't know. To me, it's like, it's, again, but I wanted to talk about that. Obviously, he doesn't hate Batman. I was being facetious when it came to my title. It's just all the whole thing about like people were just making it seem like, yeah, he hates Batman. I'm like, no, he better not. If he does say he, if he does hate Batman, then I'm really gonna come after him. That's for damn sure. Uh, There's another screenshot too where he was talking about his uh, movie Super, which I actually like Super. And then somebody actually said, "Is it wrong that I think this is much better, a much better superhero movie than The Dark Knight?" And then, and then James Gunn said, no, it's right. So, so, so sweetly right. Yeah. He, <laughs> I give him, I give him props for, uh, you know, when people are comparing his little indie superhero, superhero movie to Dark Knight. And he was just like, yeah, it's better. I'm better than Nolan. Yeah. Definitely an ego on this guy. There's definitely an ego on this guy. But I kind of respect like the fact that he was like, fuck it. I don't care if it's Christopher Nolan. Again, he would not say this now. <laughs> he would not say this now. And it would be awesome. Like, And eventually, I think like once he actually starts doing interviews about this stuff, he's 100% going to get asked probably about some of this stuff. And I'm kind of curious what he would say now. What he would say now about all this. Would he still, if he still held the same opinion, that'd be interesting. That would be interesting if he still held the, the same opinion. Who knows? But, uh, who, what does Keaton dying in the flash have to do with anything? Oh, what are you guys talking about? You guys go back. Uh, anyone who understands good writing might disagree. Yeah. But now there are hypocrites that will defend him and trash. No. Oh yeah. There's also that too. Yeah, I know there's both sides, but again, let people have opinions. I don't know. It's just opinions. If, you know, not everybody, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, when people didn't like Oppenheimer and, you know, or something like that, when it came to Christopher Nolan or even any Christopher Nolan, I mean, see, I love Christopher Nolan movies. And when I go into it, I, I kind of know what to expect. And maybe some people just don't like that. Logan Paul certainly did. They're just talking. You know, we talked about that last week. Just a bunch of people talking, but it's like, you know. It's all good. It's whatever. All right, let's talk about let's talk about Zack Snyder. Huh? Let's talk about some Zack Snyder. 
and Rebel Moon. Let's get off the James Gunn talk and go to uh, Zack Snyder, which, uh, you know, we don't, there's not going to be anything dug up from him, right? (laughs) There's not going to be anything. They try, you know, same people do try to like, you know, bring up quotes and they don't like the quotes and those get spread around. You know, some of his quotes about the way that he approaches certain things. Yeah, they try to do that too. And some people might find some of the things, maybe his opinions, on certain things and the way to approach certain things. They probably, they don't like it either. They don't like it either. There's people that do that and they spread it around. They say this, you know, shit. And, it's, eh, you know, to me, I'm just like, oh, okay, well, again, that's your opinion. Okay. I can disagree with it. And then I can even point to seem the things that you're wrong, but you know, so Zack Snyder talking about with IGN and Polygon and all this stuff like that. I'm just going to kind of go through some things, some little bullet points when it came to, when it came, when it came to talking more about rebel moon, um, talking about, uh, I mean, one of the, I mean, obviously there were so many things, Las Vegas and, uh, the first thing, Las Vegas and, and, uh, the, the, uh, the Norse God series that he's doing with Jay Oliva. And I think Jay Oliva is also working on Las Vegas. Uh, they basically said like, yeah, they confirmed that. Yeah, it's still going to be happening. So don't worry. I think there was just something that happened with the animation studios when it came to those, but, uh, those are still coming. It seems like next year is also going to be a great year for Zack Snyder content, which is great. Uh, he talked about like, um, well, let's see, let's now let's move on with that. So then, uh, here's a quote right here talking about, Talking about, you know, com- comparison to Star Wars, because obviously it's kind of funny that the Rebel Moon trailer, you know, did show up and then you got Ahsoka and you got like, you got two, you got two shots of females, like with like two lightsaber types, type of, uh, you know, weapons going on right there, which, you know, let's face it, Star Wars, it's obviously going to be very lighter. This is not, I mean, again, I posted the clip from the vodka stream where Steven, who has been on the Stephen Colbert, who's been on the set of Rebel Moon and then also the Netflix event and just hearing all the information and talking about a lot of the things. It's like, I mean, let's face it. When you watch that, yes, there are Star Wars similarities. But to me, it's just like I was seeing other things. It just didn't feel like it didn't feel like Star Wars for sure. And I think we're all happy. The fact that it's uh, it didn't get the his story didn't get picked up by Star Wars. So we have a quarter here that says, I don't think you can make a sci-fi movie now that's not going to be compared to Star Wars in some way. And I do welcome it, and I'm happy to discuss its place and where it will end up in popular culture in regards to the legacy of Star Wars. Again, Zack Snyder is a big Star Wars fan. We know this. And again, how Star Wars was started, it got inspired, you know, by your Flash Gordon. I mean, let's face it, it's... When when George Lucas couldn't do the what he wanted to do, he made his own thing. But it was very much an inspiration. Everything's like there's a lot of inspirations, inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. So uh, Sophia, of course, talking about why she relates to Cora. There was that that quote right there. I was born in uh, Algeria, and Cora is found on another planet that's not her home. I was not abducted, but my roots are not necessarily where I live, and not where I grew up, and not where I was born. I could relate to that. So just talking about the character of Cora her character and relating to that character, which is great. And then of course the director's cuts, which we've talked about too. The rebel moon director's cut is close to an uh, hour of extra content. So I think it's a legitimate expanded extended universe version. You really get to see a lot. It's just more painted in all, in all the way. 
The director's cut is a settle as a settle in deep dive, which I have notoriously done throughout my career. I don't know how I got into this director's cut thing. We've already kind of talked about this, but basically just going like, yep, we're going to do that. And again, apparently there's a red band trailer out. You know, he's got a red band trailer, an R rated trailer somewhere. Who knows if it's actually going to get released anytime soon? Who knows? But uh, yeah, more details. Let's see right here. Okay. And then of course there was the, uh, yeah. And then this one right here. <laughs> this one. <laughs> Take a little sip. <sighs> when asked about the traditional experience, you know, obviously, theatrical release. When it comes to this, this is a quote right here. With this... I was not super interested in a theatrical release, especially with the PG-13 versus extended cuts. I feel like with the theatrical release, the way the model is, it takes some energy out of it. What? Zach, what? It's interesting. It is interesting. Now, you can't tell me that he would not want to see this on the big screen. Now, you can't tell me that you wouldn't want to see it on the big screen. I think we all would want to see both versions on the big screen. And I, to me, I'm like, all right, well, the, the PG-13 versions that are coming out, put those on the big screen for sure. The extended cuts, maybe not so much, unless the screenings for those do extremely well. Then, yes, 100% re you know, release, the, yeah, release the, the Snyder cut of, uh, of those on the big screen. But it is kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting. And... I know we were like all talking about it last week and talking about, yeah, Rebel Moon in theaters, Rebel Moon World Ride and uh, World World Ride. I can't even say it. Worldwide in cinema was the two hashtags that were trending last week. It's like, yeah, we can, you know, still put those out there. Still put it out there. Why not? Because, I mean, I get it. I get it. He's saying it like that, but you can't tell me. Uh, to me, it's like, okay, you know. Obviously, Netflix is like 100% been giving him his free range to do stuff. But at the same time, maybe the one stipulation was, hey, we're not doing theatrical because obviously it's going to cost a lot um, to do all that. But I mean, to me, I'm like, I, I still 100% would believe that Zach would absolutely love to see the film on the big screen and all that. But that was his quote about theatrical, but yeah, still post it, still post, still post about, uh, you know, trying to get it out there. So then Netflix can actually see that and maybe they'll consider it because I think it should still get some kind of limited release. And then I wouldn't be surprised a couple of years down the road, we'll have another SnyderCon event and he's going to, you know, run out of theater and put it on a, a big, huge screen. He also said this too about director's cut and his fans. So talking about us. My big fans would say, why are they fucking with you? Just do the extended cuts. Zach laughed. In the initial conversations with Netflix, they made it part of the plan. So I love the fact that he was talking about the fans and it's like, oh yeah, Netflix is fucking with you. How dare they not release what you want to release? I mean, obviously we know that the more, you know, louder fans are probably, you know, they would just be like, boo, Netflix, fucking cancel your shit. They suck. Look what they're doing to Zach. No compromise. It's like, no, there's still going to be compromise. And the compromise in this portion of it is the fact that, hey, 
we have the regular cuts and then we'll build in a director's cut because guess what? That's kind of smart. You know, you're, you're known for the guy. You are now the guy that guess what? You have a regular cut and then you're going to have your Snyder cut because Snyder cut is now a mainstream pop culture term. So smart, in my opinion, that's smart, but release the fucking thing in theaters. Why not? Jesus Christ. And then Debbie said this right here when it came to Star Wars, I never wanted to be a Star Wars movie. She never wanted to be a Star Wars movie because your hands are tied to the IP. Hear that, people? Hands tied to the IP. This is why I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, the time with the DC universe, great. But at the same time, look what happened. His hands were big time tied. They kept trying to tie his hands and all that stuff. So then she goes, I was happy it fell apart. And even Steven, you know, even Steven, that's right. You remember that show, uh, Shia LaBeouf? Um, but yeah, Steven talked about that on the Vox stream as well when it came to, yeah, he's been working on this for 20 plus years and it was going to be more like, yeah, he was always going to be a Zack Snyder joint where it was going to be R-rated and like heavy metal, the heavy metal, you know, movie. If you watch that, it's, you know, it's very adult and he was going to want to do something that's adult and not that. So the fact that, yes, he did pitch to, to Lucasfilm, sure. But I think we're all thankful that they didn't accept it because they would have just gutted the shit out of it. Even uh, somebody even asked him about uh, about the creator, the movie, the creator that's coming out. Uh, so it's like, you know, there's like some, you know, we got a good sci fi coming out. And he goes, I really didn't even you know, he didn't he hadn't thought about that. He hadn't thought about that. He didn't really. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then that's pretty much about it when it comes to all that. So, I mean. We're all just happy. We're all just happy that he is in a good spot right now. Um, you know, you know, his quotes on the theatrical release, I'm kind of just like, eh. I mean, I think he's just, I think that's, to me, that's him just going like, hey, they gave me free range to do whatever I wanted with this movie. But maybe there was like, you know, a couple of stipulations when it came to what he could do. And one of the things was like, hey, we can't give you a theatrical because this movie is already too big. We've already, I mean, the budget for two movies, relatively small, but at the same time, again, with these companies, they're already like, we can't spend more money. We got to start saving money. And so they're cutting shit. So I think maybe one of the things was like, hey, as long as we could just keep it, you know, here, it's it's fine. But at the same time, if they see that people will flock to the movie theater to go see this movie, then I say, keep on tweeting out that hashtag or the hashtags to try to get it out there. Might not work, but hey, give it a shot. You never know. You just never know. Now the Gears of War thing. Oh! So obviously just talking about all the Rebel Moon stuff and everybody's like Rebel Moon this, Rebel Moon that. Everybody's talking to him at GamesCon, talking to him and Debbie and talking Rebel Moon, which has all sounded great. And of course, being at GamesCon, they talked about the Rebel Moon game that's going to be coming out, mobile game that's going to be coming out. And we're all... I'm excited for it. I'm going to download it. I'm going to play it and see what it's like and see, you know, especially after seeing the movie. And then, of course, it being like a multiplayer thing, it sounds like, and online and whatever. Sounds like it's going to be something pretty special. And uh, hopefully there'll be some more to it. And we all know that Zack Snyder's a gamer himself. He even talked about, even at this, uh, even at this uh, conference or whatever, this convention, they were basically... Um, Saying that, you know, he talked about how he was a big Fortnite fan. Apparently, he, like, loved Fortnite. I've never played Fortnite. Never never dove into Fortnite. But he talked 
he talked how he, how he loved Fortnite, wanted to play with his son, but his son didn't want to do it. He's like, no, dad, this is my thing. But, uh, and then of course his character was Mr. Meeksies <laughs> from, uh, Rick and Morty. I'm Mr. Meeksies. Ah, see that hurts the voice. Metallica concert. Yeah. Voice can't really do the voices because it's hurting the voice, but yeah, it's just kind of funny that he, uh, that he talked about that. But anyways, that's besides the point when it comes to him. And a lot of people have, you know, mentioned this before. It's like, what would a Zack Snyder Gears of War movie be like? And would he be interested in directing something like that? And uh, this is what IGN posted uh, over the weekend, which a lot of people are like, hey, there's something interesting going on. And the way that they edited it makes it sound like, huh, something interesting is happening here. So look at this right here. We're here at the world's biggest gaming convention, so I have to ask you, uh, is there any gaming property that you both think would make a great movie? <laughs> okay. Again, how many times have I said the relationship between Zach and Debbie is kind of like Leonidas and his, and, his, and, and, her, and his queen? I totally forget her name. I'm totally blanking on her right now. But you get what I'm saying. You know the scene in 300 before he freaking does the kick into the pit he looks over at his queen, and she gives him the go-ahead. It's like, this is it right here. This is it right here. There are so <laughs> Well, there are a lot. I mean, we've talked about a bunch of... Uh, I mean, you know, Gears has always come up, Gears. you know, in sort of our circle. Interesting. Uh, and I, I was a fan of the game. Um, so, I mean, off the top of my head, that one. And he's already worked with, you know, Batista, who very much wants to be in this movie. So, hey, why the hell not? I like how what how Steven explained it on the vodka stream. He said, Gears is essentially 300 with chainsaws. Perfect. Now, does it have to be Zack Snyder directed? No, but it could be Zack Snyder produced. It could be Stone Quarry. That would be pretty sweet. So maybe that just the way that they reacted almost sounds like maybe something is in the works and maybe not. It, it won't be him because he's like balls deep in Rebel Moon. But maybe something's going to be happening, some kind of series. Maybe he'll be a showrunner on the series. I don't know. But it is kind of cool that uh, it is kind of cool that that he kind of. Well, sorry. I was like, well, fix that. But it is kind of cool that, yes. Kind of something? Something there? Maybe? So it does sound like something is cooking. Again, doesn't have to be Stone... It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be Zack Snyder. It could be Stone Quarry. So it would be Zack Snyder produced. And it seems like maybe something's already happening right there, which could be great. Again, like what Steven said... 300 with chainsaws. All right. Box office. Let's get to the box office. Years of war. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he says yes, dear, all the time. I think it's just one of those things as like when it comes to the business side of it, you know, it that's what it is. It's like. You know, I mean, the expression of, you know, behind every good man is a good woman, which is a great, you know, a great expression definitely is. But in, in their relationship, she's the producer. So she does have to reel them in sometimes. But she give. it's not like she's always 
slap in his wrist or something like that. And I don't think he's like one of those like yes dear yet. No, no, I'm, I'm sure it's not like like not like that at all. I mean, I remember when I was uh, on the vodka stream and I talked to Debbie and then Zach came in real quick and then he just was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make chili. So I'll, I'll be right. You know, I'm going to get up. If you guys saw that. But that was that was a fun. Uh, it was a fun. Definitely a fun interview that we had right there so anyways box office so we got gran turismo that finally came out i remember i was talking about it like what two weeks ago but i forgot that they pushed it two weeks but yeah gran turismo came out this weekend and then of course we're going to be uh looking at the drop for blue beetle because well i mean when it comes to blue beetle we're you know we all, all eyes on that i mean yes gran turismo came out a lot of people talking good things about gran turismo by the way i've been seeing good reviews about it and I, at first I thought, eh, this isn't going to work. And then I saw more footage, saw more trailers, and I went, okay, maybe it can work. I used to play the game, so maybe it can work. And I know this was like, you know, based on a true story, of course, you know, probably loosely, but, and it's, uh, you know, it's Neil Blomkamp. So I do definitely want to see it one of these times. So, but uh, the box office, when it comes to Gran Turismo, boop. Now, of course. Right there, $17.4 million doll hairs. So 53.9 million worldwide. Not sure what the budget is, but I'm sure it wasn't that that high. So not too bad. 53.9. Not too bad. And then of course Barbie is still killing it. And it's at what 1.3 billion still, but yeah, it's still killing it right now. But then you have Blue Beetle. Look at that. 49%. Oh, 49. That's, you know, not too shabby. Of course, you know, it didn't open up high. So second week, you know, it's not going to be as much of a drop. Usually when, you know, a movie opens big, the drop is going to be bigger, of course. But yeah, it's currently sitting at uh, $82.1 million. So yeah, I mean, it's still still struggling. There we go. Still struggling to get up there. Still struggling, but uh, I know a lot of people like the, the cinema day was happening. There was a lot of discount movie tickets that were happening. And I, I even saw a lot of I saw some tweets when I was catching up on things that people were like, wow, man, I went to a Blue Beetle screening and it was pretty packed. And I was like, cool, that's great. I'm glad that that's happening. And hopefully it'll find some life somewhere when it comes to Blue Beetle. But um, uh, and then I also saw that it was going to be projected to maybe it said, like, I think I saw on my Twitter was uh, 140 to 170 million total, which would uh, I think that would beat Shazam. <laughs> but yeah, sadly, with the with one hundred and four million dollar reported budget, yeah, it would probably have to be, you know, about 250, 300 to be a profitable movie but uh, it's definitely not going to happen but hey what can he do it's still it's still it's still uh, an enjoyable movie i enjoyed it can't wait to watch it again and uh you know just go check it out guys support support the little guy why not support the little guy and speaking of supporting david ayer david ayer now has moved from twitter to articles that's right articles now with david ayer david ayer is now coming out and he's even been on a podcast that's right guys he's been on a podcast talking about suicide squad his experience and then of course the air cut not exactly you know full-on talking about that but now he's he's getting out there guys 
vodka stream, David Ayer? We have the same first name. Okay. Um, but there's an article that did come out. There's a couple articles, Entertainment Weekly, whatever. But we're going to pull up the, uh, the Variety article. We're going to pull up the Variety article that uh, says it even right here. Whoa, so much happening. Who wants to join the uh, Air National Guard? Holy crap. Um, David Ayer says Suicide Squad broke him. Hollywood is like watching someone you love get fucked by someone you hate. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so this is the podcast, of course, that we pulled up. And I'll pull up even a clip, too. Um, it'll get ready. But yeah, he was on John Bernthal's Real Ones podcast right here. And uh, basically talked about uh, Hollywood and this quote right here. Hollywood, I tell people, is like watching someone you you love get fucked by someone you hate. The big one is, of course, Suicide Squad. That shit broke me. That handed me my ass. Come right off of Fury, right? I had to. Uh, I had the, the town in my hand could have done anything, and I did anything. And I go on this journey with Suicide Squad, and the same thing. Uh, authentic, truthful, let's do it all. The rehearsal, let's really get in each other's soul. Let's create amazing collaborative thing, right? Deadpool opened, and then, of course, we all know that. So, yikes. I just, that quote right there. You feel it. You feel what that quote right there. But, yeah, let me uh, let me pull up that. Uh, there was actually a clip of that. Of uh, more than he was talking about, which is cool because I'm like, oh, okay. Boy, I mean, that's just that that hits you hard right there. But yeah, let's pull up this clip right here because this is a it's a good clip rather than me just read the the damn thing. So here's a oh, that's not what I was going for. Come on. All right. Hold on. Sorry. There we go. That one. All right. Hold on. Let me click that again. Trying to still get used to going back to StreamYard right here. All right. So here's the clip. If you guys didn't see it, here's the clip right here. Talking to uh, Bernthal, who looks like he's, uh, looks like he's, uh, you know, they, they released him on parole or he, you know, this is a conjugal visit. <laughs> Guy's freaking got long hair, a beard, and a yellow... Yeah, I'm just or orange, I should say. Anyways, what's your biggest heartbreak in, in 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 the film industry? What's the thing that's hurt the most? All right, so Hollywood, I tell people, is like watching someone you love get fucked by someone you hate. <laughs> so, so you know, the the big one is like Suicide Squad. That shit, that shit broke me. That handed me my ass. So? Come right off Fury, right? Had had the town in my hand could have done anything and I did do anything and you know go on this journey with it and the same thing like like authentic truthful let's do all the rehearsal let's really get in each other's souls let's create this amazing collaborative thing right and then Deadpool opened right and then they never tested Batman versus Superman what? So they were expecting a different result and then they got hammered by all the critics and then it's like okay we're gonna turn David Ayer's dark, soulful movie into a fucking comedy now. Ugh. Ew. Guy with the ball cap. Where is he at? I'm sure he was part of that, right? Guy with the ball hat cap. Ooh. Ouch. But it's cool to see David Ayer actually talking about it. 
on a podcast. You actually hear his voice and everything. Obviously, he's been tweeting, and we're going to go over some tweets, too. But it's cool to see that he's actually doing that. But, man. And I've seen this, too. People who blame Deadpool for this, shut up. Stop doing that. I've seen people, like, go, like, fuck Deadpool. I can't believe it's one that, you know, and they're like, Deadpool ruined movies or something, or ruined CBMs. I'm like, no, it didn't. It actually changed it up a little bit. It's not Deadpool's fault. It's not Tim Miller's and Ryan Reynolds' fault for making a successful comedy R-rated movie. It's not. That's the character. They brought the character to life and did a fantastic job with that. I, I mean, I've seen that where people have like blamed Deadpool, and I'm like, it's. It's a great fucking movie. I mean, they do the same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and again, it's the same thing. It shifted. It changed the CBM genre again. Apparently, people just want the same fucking things over and over and over again. You know, that's the sad part. But uh, let's see here. Let me pull up some uh, David Ayer tweets that have been happening over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I know, I know. I should listen to that for the full episode, too. I guess subscribe to that Patreon. And they put it behind the paywall. I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, it would be interesting. But again, I'm like, man, if we can get David Ayer. Wait, didn't Ayer just blame? Yeah, he didn't blame it. No, I think, no, I didn't see again. He didn't blame, no, he didn't blame Deadpool. I think, I think if you were to ask David Ayer, and, you know, and I would gladly do that. I'm like, did you not like, did you think that, it's not that he was blaming that. It was just the fact. Again, there's like, uh, I'm trying to phrase it in a way that I'm trying to specific is the fact that it's like Deadpool again, changed the game and you blame the, obviously the people in charge who are wanting to make his movie like that, which is ridiculous. And like guardians of the galaxy. All right, let's see. Where's the, there's okay. There's a couple things. So a lot of people were getting upset with him over this weekend too. When it came to, I think it was this tweet right here. The, oh, yeah, that's right, because it had to do with... Uh, it had to do with... Um, let's see. It had to do with that, uh, that article that came out. So the article that came out... Ah, hit the wrong thing. Sorry. There we go. The article that came out was this one right here. Where have all the DC fans gone? And uh, we talked about this briefly on the vodka stream, but, you know, it is kind of interesting because it's like, all right, it seems like it's just in peril. But at the same time, it's like, well, David Ayer put like right here, he said, easy solve. Let filmmakers have their vision. Don't operate from fear. Be daring. Look at what worked. Don't chase the market. DC has always had the best characters in publishing. Dark, intense and thoughtful is the brand. Which is true. There is a brand when it comes to DC. You do think darker. Obviously, you do. I've always, you know, I've even said that too. It's like, yeah, DC's always ran a little darker. So, and then he said right here, grew up reading DC, have always loved DC. It's my opinion. That's all it is. I have plenty of them. What's your opinion on DC? What direction do you think the cinematic universe should be taken? Personally, I really connected to Dark Knight and Man of Steel. Joker was incredible. And the Batman was stunning, was a stunning achievement. So he liked the Batman. So that's good. And then he said right here, you know, it's continuing talking about like how he was like uh, reading this because a lot of people were pushing back against what he was saying to all this. 
And then someone right here said, really think DC's brand is finding hope, light in a dark world. Heroes like Superman, Flash, Green Lantern, who literally conquered fears, and even Batman all proved that. So he agreed with that. And then somebody said, like, also, uh, he directed Suicide Squad. Don't listen to him. He said, yeah. And then he said, absolutely fair take based on what version you saw released. I'm not asking for your compassion or respect. I will say the film I actually made is wildly different, unimaginably different. And I'll add, if you knew me personally, you would discover we have much more in common ground uh, than you imagine, which is usually the case when it comes to online beefs and all the discourses out there. Uh, that's a fun, that's a cool picture of James Brown right there. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> and then he even said right here. So I wonder what, uh, reasoning is behind sh shooting the exact same, um, scene with a different dialogue. Yeah. He said, reshoot change scene drastically. Ah, and you notice it too. I remember because right here, this right here obviously is from the, uh, Comic-Con trailer. And the way that uh, Jared Little's Joker says, I'm I'm not going to hurt you. You know, they're, they're really, really bad. You know, and everybody was talking about that, really. But then when you actually watch Suicide Squad, it, yeah, he doesn't say it the way that it was said in that first trailer. He's, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. Yeah. But it was uh, different, obviously, in the actual movie. And uh, apparently that drastically changed the scene right there. Oi. And I think that was pretty much it when it came to talking about that. But uh, yeah, of course, he retweeted that stuff, the articles that were coming out for it. Yeah, that's pretty much it when it came to when it came to that. So basically, and maybe we'll talk more about that and we'll talk about that that article right there on Wednesday's show. We'll talk about that article about, you know, where have DC fans gone and everything. And then, uh, you know, we'll kind of go over some of that because a lot of people were having like a little huffy puffy about like what, you know, some people don't like the dark. Some people it's no matter what, there's always going to be fans that are going to be pissed off. I mean, look at look at James Gunn, <laughs> look at James Gunn when it came to Tim Burton and Christopher Nolan's first takes first attempts at Batman. Look at their, look at their, look at their, look at how he responded. He didn't like, he didn't like the certain things. And I mean, there's always going to be people that don't like it, but you know, if you can capture like, you know, a little bit of that audience, that audience out there. Um, and I think his probably his, his definitely would, it's just interesting that when the biggest, one of the biggest things that from that clip is the fact that they didn't test Batman versus Superman. They didn't test it which I wish they would not, I wish they wouldn't test things even more because that seems to just fuck a lot of things up. Anytime they do like a test screening, like I understand why they do it, but then at the same time, it's like when they get these notes back and then all of a sudden they, they want to make all these changes. It's just really just, it's again, it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, at one point they're never going to have like any big directors that want to do uh, a CBM. But then at the same time, if you direct a CBM, you get more of that money, especially if you direct a good one. And then you're like, you know, you might direct end up directing a trilogy and then you just get that sweet CBM money. That's I don't know. It's just all it's all crazy. It's all crazy. Gun hates comics in general. He thinks they are stupid. He said it himself in a in the past. OK, you want to you want to send that to me? That he said he hates comics. 
Professor Zoom? Well, you're Professor Zoom, so you went back to, I get it. You went back to the past and you saw that he said he hated comets. Now he just, he did, he didn't, he did not like Burton's Batman. Gun hates comics. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, I don't know where he said he hates comics. He seems to like comics a lot. He does seem like he likes comics a lot. So I'm trying to, you know, if you want to, you know, send that to me, we can read that off the air. So yeah, he hates puppies. He hates cats. You did? Okay. You sent it to me? Okay. I don't see it, but okay. If you say you did, I'll, I'll, I'll believe you. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So here we go. Let's go to the Twitter questions. Go to the Twitter questions right here. All right. Let's start off with Brad. Hey, okay. So what's going on, Brad? So with the, uh, Ayer talking this openly about the cut of Suicide Squad and seemingly getting the thumbs up from Gunn that it'll happen. Isn't it time to pull the trigger on it soon or at least openly acknowledge it? Also, I'm starting to think the strike could last a year. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to probably last into next year. So, yeah. That could be it. I don't know. I, I keep hearing, I, I've heard October, but I've also heard it's going to go into next year, so uh saffron yeah okay scoot this is scoot uh with tmnt and blue beetle getting turn out boosts from admission discounts do you think it's time that price of admission in general went down with concession inflation the way it is don't you think it's about time working class folk are cut some slack yeah i mean it's gonna get to the point where theaters, I mean, I think at this point, I mean, we've talked about this many times is movie theaters are just going to be like, it's like going to an amusement park. Now it's gotten to that point where it's going to an amusement park now. So they should really separate it. They should separate. They, they should have these movie theater chains should have their big movie theaters where it's like, yeah, the luxury seats, the, uh, you know, getting served food, high quality food, booze and all that stuff. But man, can we just have some like small ones that have like two screens, three screens? And yeah, you could have like $6 movie tickets. You just go watch the movie. It doesn't have to be the highest quality. Hell, it could be an attraction in and of itself. Like the olden days when we used to watch movies like this. And it was just like you sat in this chair that was not very comfortable. And you had sticky floors. And you just watched the fucking movie. But nowadays, it's like it's you go into it's like an amusement park. There's it's like, hey, it's like walking into a mini mall. Hey, we got desserts right here. We got uh, arcades over here. We got, you know, a daycare right here. And then we got a bar over here. It's like Jesus Christ. It's, it's all over the place. So they should really separate those two and maybe even have, you know, smaller. I don't know. That's just the idea that I just popped in my head right now. Have these smaller movie theaters that are just basic, like you sit in a chair and you watch the damn movie and that way you don't have to pay. And you know, what's going to happen is a lot of these, these movie theaters are going to be like automated. It's going to AI is going to fucking, it's going to be fully automated. It's already getting to that point. There's no such thing as a ticket terror anymore. 
It's not like they're grabbing your ticket and ripping it and throwing in a thing. It's all digital now. So, I mean, when it, it's just going to get to a point where you don't even have that person who has to do the, can you make your screen brighter? Beep. You know, you're just going to pass along your phone and it's just going to go beep. And it's just going to count that. And then you're going to walk up to the bar. Let me get this beep. And then it's just going to, it's just going to fill up. Everything's going to be like automated now because of how ridiculous it is. Eric. Hey, Dave. Saw Flash on shelf at Walmart today. Lo and behold, it's got deleted scenes on 4K, not the Blu-ray. Nothing against 4K, but 4K players are the least or at least $100 right now. Seriously, I can't imagine the Blu-ray has no space, never been a problem before. What gives, WB? Wait, what? Uh, let's see. It's got deleted scenes on 4K, but not Blu-ray. Okay. What are the deleted scenes? I'm sure they're not the ones that you're, that like the Cavill ones or, you know, any of that. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't, again, I don't know what these companies are doing. I mean, obviously they're trying to, they're trying to pinch pennies anywhere they can. So Mr. Nobody, I don't hate or love gun. Same here. I just want to sit back and see what he's cooking. Me too. Didn't know what to expect from the Batman, but Matt Reeves surprised us with a great film. I'm holding out hope, but staying on the side of caution. I'm right there with you, Mr. Nobody. Darkness under the wind. Dave, question number one. Do you think Zach and George Lucas didn't like each other for personal reasons or just never had any agreements on what they both wanted? I don't even think they actually met. It seems like when Zach pitched his, when he pitched the Rebel Moon story to Lucasfilm, I think George was, I think George Lucas was already gone. I don't think there are, maybe he just, you know, maybe he was still there. This is like right before the Disney acquisition, right? I don't know. Question number two, but I don't think there's any, nothing right there. Um, question number two, should a DC Kingdom Come film happen in the DCU? Would you want to, would you want it to be the final film of the second saga? That would be pretty sweet. And then you can bring back Cavill and bring back Affleck and bring back Godot, you know, all those. Question three, do you think Gunn made the statement on not liking certain versions of Batman because of them not being how they are in the comics since he was, has said he knows how these characters are and what they do in certain situations? Well, according to somebody in the in the chat, he hates comics. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I think he said that because he just didn't like the, the version. There was a lot of people that probably didn't like that version of Batman. I think the general populace was like, whoa, this is this is not the Batman I know. But this is pretty cool. And that's why it ended up being so popular. Like, I'm, you know, it's, yeah, could be that. Andrew Sally, I'm really upset that Gun trashed the Tim Burton movies. Why? There's no reason to be upset. It's someone's opinion. Come on. Because I'm a big Michael Keaton fan. I get that. But I'm a big, I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan. And he shat over Batman Begins. I'm not upset. It's just like, okay, whatever. I disagree. You can disagree, but why be upset? To see the freaking head of DC Studios trashing on it is so disrespectful in my eyes. I was trusting Gunn for a long while until I saw this. I'm starting to lose my trust in him. 11 years ago, he was not the DC Studios head. <laughs> this was not yesterday. Come on. It wasn't yesterday. Don't it's, he didn't post this yesterday? This was fucking eleven years ago before he even did Guardians of the Galaxy. Jeez, 
It's funny. I don't think he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck those movies. One of these days, I'm going to run DC Studios. No, that's not Jesus. Devon Wooter, Dave, I don't know why people are upset about James Gunn, about his opinion on Michael Keaton and Christian Bale Batman movies. I think this is so stupid. And do you, yeah. Do you think Disney should be worried about Rebel Moon because it looks better than Star Wars? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think they probably, I know, Kathleen Kennedy is probably like, oh boy, what is this? What is this? Uh-oh. You know? Maybe there's like a little bit of worry, but I don't think there's anything that's been reported. You know, I don't I don't think they're going to worry about it because Star Wars is Star Wars no matter what. And again, I mean, again, we talked about it. You saw the clip that I posted from the Vodka stream today is, you know, when you watch that trailer, I didn't really feel, it didn't feel like Star Wars. There's some things that feel like Star Wars, but it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. So I don't think they should be or even worried about anything when it comes to that. So, uh, you know, so it's just like, I don't think they really have anything to worry about because Star Wars is always going to be Star Wars. And, uh, you know, Zack Snyder's always going to like Star Wars. Remember, he even talked about how he he watched Kenobi on the way to the Rebel Moon set. He watched Kenobi. He would watch episodes of Kenobi. I'm sure he's watching Ahsoka today, also now. He's probably watched them all. He's a big Star Wars fan, you know? And I, and I hate that people are going to, like, uh, put that. I mean, I know there was something else, and maybe we'll talk more about it on on Wednesday is the fact that there was like crew members that were saying fuck star Wars. So naturally there's going to be like some things that come out with that. I don't know. We'll talk about it more on Wednesday, but I remember seeing something today about fuck star Wars that came from like a rebel moon crew member or something, but it's just dumb. Okay. Professor Zoom. I had a feeling you were kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. I, I had a feeling I was like, yeah, because everything, everybody's just, you know, it's all craziness right now. And there's going to be more stuff in no way, shape or form is Keaton trash. No, he's not trash. I know are people saying that are people saying that here. Uh, see, everybody's like on high alert. Ugh. That's the thing. We're all on high alert. What is uh, this kingdom come obsession? I don't get it because it's a great story. It's a great story. There's like five deleted scenes that is some and some are extended scenes. So I'm sure those are going to show up online, huh? Or something. Or am I going to have to get it too? Black Adam not got butchered by WB like Joss. I think it I think there's some things that got butchered too because I got test audiences and all that stuff. It's all just crazy. DC is dead. Marvel and anime are better. Okay. I don't think DC is dead. I mean, DC is never going to be dead. And that's why I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what Mr. Gunn has to, uh, has to, you know, we'll see what he brings us. Uh, I think Marvel's struggling for sure. Marvel's definitely struggling. Things aren't working when it comes to that. <sighs> he's not trash. He's just old. I know. See, that's the thing is like, um, when it comes to Keaton, I mean, obviously the idea, the idea of Michael Keaton being in this world and the reports that said he's the new DCU Batman, it's like that. I mean, that was like a little bit exaggerated. I think. I think it was just the fact that it like they were going with this multiverse concept that was going to be the foundation of that was going to be in the Flash, and that's what they were going to do. And that's why at the end, with the whole spaghetti verse, spaghetti multiverse thing, is that once everything got put back together, Michael Keaton's Batman was still going to be the Batman in, in, in his world. It was going to be the Batman in his world. And he was going to act more like a Nick Fury type, you know, 
probably still getting into the costume every now and again. So there, you know, then we're going to have the Batgirl movie. He's going to have a presence there. And then he was going to have a scene in Aquaman at one point. And then God knows what else there was going to be, but it was going to lead to the crisis event that most likely he probably would have died in there. But at the same time, it's like with the whole thing and the transitional stuff that was happening, it's like, no, I mean, there were people that from what I gathered that did, that did not like that idea of keeping Michael Keaton on, you know, James Gunn came in and probably was like, yeah, you know, I get it or something like that. But I was hearing like Alan Horn didn't like the idea. Zaslav didn't like the idea. They didn't know where like what is because it was it was an idea that was conjured up by Walter fucking Hamada. Cocksucker. The guy didn't the guy. I mean, I could see like, OK, yeah, I'll lead it to a crisis event. But he didn't I don't think he knew exactly where it was going to go and how it was going to be and all this stuff and where the Batman Beyond movie was going to fit. That was that would have been that was going to be interesting too, like how that was going to be. So, all right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this up. And uh, like I said, I know I missed the music too, but like I said, I can't until I get that the, the software bugs worked out or whatever the hell, you know. Then uh, hopefully we'll get all that back. But make sure you smash that like, thumbs up, do all the things, subscribe to the Patreon if you want to support the channel. And uh, if you want to become a member, members only stream after every Wednesday stream. So go ahead and do that. And like I said, you know, we have a little bit more of a talk, a little bit more personal and everything. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Thank you for joining me tonight. Love you. Talk to you later.